welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review this show. Reminder streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. And uh, we are joined on the line by one of the program favorites, James Herbert of CBS Sports. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me again. Yeah, anytime. Uh, I, I, Literally, I, anytime. <laughs> yeah, anytime you want, man. Just text me. I, I didn't know. I didn't know Will until I asked you yesterday that you like James as much as I do. I, I nicknamed yeah. him the man of eleven herbs and spices. Um, yeah, you also just called him Games <laughs> Herbert before we came on air because yeah. we always play games with him. Like we're, we're, we're <laughs> we doing really a, do play games. Surprise! We're doing another I draft. Love that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So James, you know, former former Toronto resident. Uh, we always have to mention formerly canceled for defending Goran Dragic last year. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> we, is over, it is. we over it now? Okay. No, it's just he's so irrelevant. Like, I think when you go 1 and 12 in your last playoff games, I feel like you just have to just <laughs> oh, be God. discarded from any consideration. Wait, what was his last playoff game? He played? No, it just means oh. like the last three t- games he's, uh, times he's been on a playoff roster, he's, oh, just, he's okay. getting swept out of there. So he's not, he's not games, Herbert. Um, we're going to be drafting our all time favorite playoff series in, in the second segment. And we did have to make a caveat. Because Will Lou didn't come to this country until April 2000. So we're going to be drafting any playoff series from 2001 and on. Mm. You're cool with that, right, Will? Yeah, I, I'm technically cool with it just because, like, I mean, yeah. I the, I didn't really start watching basketball until 2004. Okay. So I didn't miss, a lot, like, a lot of really classic, like, I'm sure, like, you guys will take Lakers, Kings. Yeah, no spoilers, sure you guys man. Come take, on, man. Like, you know, spoilers. AI stepping over. Hi, Lou. Yeah, no spoilers. Come on. Man. Okay, all right. But yeah. anyway, you guys can have those. Yeah, we're excited about that. But James Herbert was live at, at the Garden uh, yesterday, Oh, I believe. Nice. Uh, James, yeah. uh, what's a, what's a buzz in New York like, man? Are all the subway rats uh, buzzing about the New York Knicks? What's going on? This guy asking about TMNT, man. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw the trailer for the new TMNT. It looks pretty good. Okay, oh, good. man. Well, the Knicks shredded the heat yesterday oh, in, in the brother. fourth quarter. Uh, with a with a nice. late run. What have you seen so far through the first two games before I ask you uh, the question of how are the Heat doing this? But what have you seen in this series so far? Honestly, I think the Heat have been the more impressive team through two games. Like, they put themselves in a position to win that game yesterday despite not having Jimmy Butler. They launched a ton of threes, which I think was predictable. Um, they played a ton of zone, which maybe was predictable. Tom Thibodeau did say he saw that coming. And I thought the zone worked pretty well, man. Like, I, the Knicks had to shoot a lot of threes themselves. They are a team that likes to get to the paint. They like to attack the paint. And they want to get their threes through those, like, kickouts where you touch the paint and spray it out there. And they got some that way, but they also got some threes where they're just kind of passing the ball around the perimeter and not really doing much and getting stagnant. They made enough of them to win the game and they got a couple of sort of key possessions that went their way late. And there was one possession that lasted forever where the Knicks got like four offensive rebounds on the same play. But like my takeaway, honestly, was like the heat played really well. Um, And that was kind of a 50, 50 game. And and the Knicks just barely edged them. I think I I looked at the stats afterward when I put it, I put in my column too, like Miami's half court offense was better than New York's Mm. yesterday, which is wild when you take out their main playmaker. But the Knicks just kind of got the edge. like They did a little bit in transition, not much, but the Heat got literally zero fast break points. And then they 
got all these second chance opportunities, which like they didn't dominate the glass like like the, the Knicks did against the Cavs in the first round, but they got more of those opportunities than the Heat did, and they just managed to kind of stay alive. And at, that, at this point, that's kind of the name of the game, right? Like you just take the wins however you can get them, and then you go into Miami, and maybe New York can get their home court advantage back. I, I did like the way Jalen Brunson played, particularly in the second half yesterday and julius randall for a guy playing on like one good ankle I, I thought he had himself a really good game too yeah you know the knicks um you know teams like to talk about having a big three and during the season i know knicks fans were running with the fact that randall brunson and rj baird they were calling them the mid three um but, okay. but the mid three stepped up yesterday you know randall with the 25 yeah. 12 and 8 brunson with 30 bear with 24 but yeah for, for me too through the first two games just watching miami they set a playoff record yesterday for most points scored by undrafted players. Oh, brother. Well, who's oh, tracking brother. this stat, by the way? Chris Quinn? Is he tracking this? Who do they beat, man? The ben Wallace <laughs> and Fred Van Vliet? Like, come on, man. So, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, yeah. Max Struess, and Haywood Highsmith combined for 74 points yesterday. Are, are you impressed by the Heat so far uh, in this series, Will? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think the execution is, is has been just like... Um, Offensively, you just don't think of them as a team that is able to generate this many points, but they, they consistently run like two or three actions on every play. Um, yeah. You know, they always run these dribble handoffs with with a shooter that like you just kind of have to chase. Like you kind of have to chase Max Struess, even though maybe his three-point percentage isn't the highest, but you just he, he's, he's sprinting towards the ball and then he gets a dribble handoff from Bam and then the defense has to be in a very, very, you know, coordinated mode to like, okay, how do we handle this? Right, they'll probably throw the bounce pass to to Bam if the the, the, the big is, is is stepping up to take away the three from Struess, and Bam's able to make a roll and he's able to make a next pass. And it's just like, I don't know. I think it's really just the system that's really able to make them all effective. I, I mean, watching it from the Raptors' perspective, I think one thing is just the way their shooters consistently move. Even Kevin Love, who's more of a pick and pop big, he moves in a decent amount as well. Whereas, like, when you do that, it really makes your offense look so much better. And I'm thinking about a guy like, for example, Gary Trent Jr. on the Raptors. Why couldn't he move as much as a guy like Max Strews or a guy like like Duncan Robinson? These guys aren't just, like, playing pick and roll. Someone gets into the lane and kick out and then swing, swing into a corner for a three. They're not standstill shooters. Like, they actually move around and they really create more havoc. And that makes the team better as a whole. So I just think that their offensive execution has been really good. And for a team that was so kind of nasty to watch offensively in the regular season. Like even without Jimmy Butler, they were still able to generate tons of points. I think it's smart. Obviously without Jimmy, you got to launch a lot of threes. They took 49 threes last night. They took more threes than twos. Yeah. And that's the way you're going to have to sort of create more of that variance. And I thought that Miami played well enough to win. It's just that, you know, I, I agree with what, uh, what, what, what James is saying that, you know, they, the Knicks just got a couple more vital possessions and also Randall really did a, uh, Shoot the lights out. Yeah, no, I think this is a pretty evenly matched series, and it's the game's going to be won on the edges. Just like you said, James, I think that, that one possession that you mentioned late, it was uh, Isaiah Harnstein who got like four offensive... Well, he had four yeah. offensive rebounds in the game, but he grabbed most of them. This guy's like Hell's Kitchen Kavon Looney right now, man. Like, he was dominating the Cavs <laughs> in the first round, mm. and, like, he's been doing that. But, like, I, if I'm Miami, I'm feeling pretty good, right, James? Going home, like, you expect Jimmy to be coming back. He was smiling and laughing like a maniac on the sidelines at the end of the game, like, waving goodbye to fans still, like... Jimmy's got me shook, man. Like, Jimmy's, like, on that Steph Curry level where I do not want to go up against this one guy mm. in the playoffs. Right, James? Yeah, Jimmy's having a great time. He enjoyed himself in New York, even on his off day. I don't know if you saw his Instagram stories. Oh, where did he go? He was just... 
went all around the city. He spent mm. a lot of time at the Kith store. Um, <laughs> he Will knows Kith. And he documented yeah. it. And um, I think he was kind of trolling everybody by saying, look at me walking around and doing fine and having a good time. He didn't end up playing, mm-hmm. um, but he was pretty locked in on the bench. And I think he's really confident in his teammates. And he's not the kind of guy, I mean, he can put up, obviously we've seen him drop 50 like, very recently. Um, but oftentimes you'll be watching heat games, especially during the regular season, the first three quarters of the game, he might take like three or four shots and he's not really looking to assert himself as a scorer. He likes to get other guys involved first. He likes to empower um, his teammates to be playmakers and to move as, as you guys were talking about, like th- this is not like the Jimmy Butler show. Sometimes in the fourth quarter of a game, it can turn into that. It also depends how the opposition is defending them. Um, but they've always throughout his tenure there, they've run a lot of the same dribble handoff stuff. They've wanted to get their movement shooters going. They've always had other playmakers. I mean, Jimmy, can function as like the point guard mm. for for the heat sometimes but oftentimes like the ball's in kyle lowry's hands or recently like gave vincent's hands and he's making like clutch pull up three pointers i mean he hit an enormous shot in like vincent did in that game five against the bucks down the stretch and so i, I think that was one of the things um i believe it was caleb martin who said it the other day that like jimmy likes to empower them and like breathes confidence into them, which means when he's out like that, that bodes well Mm. for the heat as, as an offense, because it is not just Jimmy doing everything. And I think Bam Adebayo can easily like, you know, slide into more of a playmaking role. You saw that yesterday. Uh, There's a lot of consternation um, sometimes like from heat fans about, well, how aggressive should he be? And is he taking enough shots and all of that? And like, sometimes he criticizes himself for that kind of thing, but his role too has always been like, in the right matchup, he will go and get his buckets, but also he wants to free the shooters with his screening and his passing as well. And that's just, that's just kind of how the heat play. Yeah. Um, to the point of Bam too, it's interesting watching yesterday's game, but I thought he really took it strong against Mitchell Robinson a couple of times. And I didn't really think that that would be a great matchup just because I, I generally think of Mitchell Robinson as a really good defender, but I feel like he's a better help defender coming over to block shots than he is on an on-ball defender defending against a guy who's facing him up, driving against him. And I thought Bam took it strong towards him a couple of times. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, like, Miami should feel confident. I, I'm still curious, like, when is Jimmy going to come back? Um, but, uh, I mean, look, listen, they, they really could have stole game two as well. So, yeah, on them. no, it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. On to the other game, the, the main event, Lakers-Warriors. Um, Anthony Davis dominating in game one. Uh, Warriors made a late comeback that fell short. Anthony Davis, 30 points, 23 rebounds, five assists, four blocks. First Laker since Shaq in 2004 with a 30 and 20 game. And it was a contrast with two different styles. You know, the Warriors took 53 threes and six free throws, whereas the Lakers shot six of 25 from three and went to the free throw line 29 times. I guess to start, James, what did you make of uh, Jordan Poole's shot there at the end? (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, I was fine with the shot honestly like it was a little deeper than i think the warriors would have liked but it was open like steph moved the ball when he when the the lakers put two on the ball that's what you're supposed to do and pool had had an awesome game like mm-hmm. he had made a lot he had made tougher shots than that honestly in the game i remember one three in particular he just kind of launched on the run because he thought he was going to get a foul call didn't get the call but just cashed it um, and I think you <laughs> yeah, want him to. That's Jordan Poole for you. Man. <laughs> that is Jordan Poole. Like you, 
You want him to take uh, those. I've just, I mean, I've seen Jordan Poole take shots so much worse than that. I feel like almost yeah. nightly. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I don't really have a problem with it. It was open. It was deep. But we've seen him hit deep shots. Um, it was pretty the, deep, though, the, for, the for, for that point in the game. I think the only contention people have with that is, like, why didn't you take one, two into right. the shot? Because you had the space in front right. of him as well. Because the closeout was coming from kind of slightly to the side and also sure. slightly behind him. So if he stepped in, it would make it an even longer closeout mm-hmm. and a, a shorter shot. But I get it. Like, if you already set your feet, then maybe you just want to shoot it from there. Sure. I don't know. Though. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. I think it's easy to nitpick it. In, the situ- sure, like, in that situation, you catch the ball and you're shot ready. I feel like it, yeah. it's not awful. Like, you can get better shots than that um, for sure. But at least it was open. Um, and that, like, if I'm going to look at how the Warriors played, like, I just, I mean, to me, I look at what happened earlier in the game. They had a really nice run when they went small at the end to kind of get back in it and give themselves a shot. But, I mean, they fell down the way they did because of that foul discrepancy that you mentioned and because they made some poor choices in terms of shot selection, I think. I mean, they didn't get to the rim much, but some of the shots that they did take to the rim were pretty ill-advised, like mm. shooting with Anthony Davis right there, able to get some easy blocks. I mean, he's an incredible defensive player. It is yeah. by no means easy um, to kind of navigate that that situation. But I think, I mean, we were just talking about Heat Knicks. I think one thing that Heat have been pretty smart about is trying to draw Mitchell Robinson and even Isaiah Hartenstein, but and primarily we're talking about Robinson here as, a, as an elite rim protector, trying to draw him out of the paint, mm. trying to bring him up and make him defend ball screens or maybe make him defend dribble handoffs and and the like as well. And they had a lot of practice doing that in the round before against Brooke Lopez. Um, and I thought they are doing that like pretty expertly. And I think the Warriors, with all the shooting that they have on that roster, like it is incumbent on the coaching staff to figure out how to get AD away from the paint as much as possible, draw him out there, whether that means it is Steph taking pull-up threes um, just on like high ball screens, like really, really basic modern basketball stuff, or whether it means just kind of like running, using his man as a guy setting off ball screens um, the way that the Warriors often prefer to do um, and find their flow that way like if if ad is just stepping outside of the paint sometimes it can be a quick pass to somebody on the other side and then a quick basket attack and then you find a way to score while he is sort of distracted um you you saw the grizzlies do that to him a little bit like mainly um in the the second last game they played when they actually finally put some shooting on the floor uh with before luke Kennard missed missed the last game and i I thought they had a lot of success doing that but the, the warriors i don't think did nearly a good enough job in terms of like spacing the Lakers out and making their defense blink and get uncomfortable a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think the other thing too, Will, is like LeBron's had better high-end teammates, right? Like, you know, teaming up with, with Wade and Bosch and Miami, you know, Kevin Love, Kyrie in Cleveland. But I look at the overall supporting cast with AD, you know, Schroeder and D'Angelo Russell, both at 19. Yesterday I thought Austin Reeves played pretty well. And I wasn't really familiar with Jared Vanderbilt's game. You know, when you, when you guard Steph, you know, he's, He's going to get his 27 points that he got last night in six threes, but I thought he did a really good job mm. of just, you know, kind of following him around. <laughs> I guess that's how you guard Steph. You just follow him around as he runs around. But, like, this, I think this is the best supporting cast overall that LeBron's been, like, surrounded with. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it, it's been it's almost, it's been almost masked, the fact that whether it's because of the bad foot, which we know LeBron is playing on, mm-hmm. um, or because of age, or just because he's on a cold spell, like, LeBron has not been anywhere close to peak LeBron in the playoffs. Like, even last night, shooting 9 of 24, including 1 of 8 from 3, like, you know, um, the Lakers could have put this game away earlier 
um, and and not have to uh, you know clench their butts with that with that fourteen nothing run that the Warriors went on. Like, but at the same time, like he has this supporting cast around him, and, and I feel like those guys also kind of feel pretty empowered to play. Um, first off, like we we know AD's not going to be like this good offensively or this dominant offensively. He has to like exert maximum energy on both ends. Yeah, played just, the whole second half yesterday. By he played the way. exactly yeah. right, and even yeah. the second half you saw he wasn't as involved offensively mm-hmm. as he was in the first half. He was more so focusing on defense. Um, but like AD's been the best defensive player in throughout the playoffs so far. He's and a monster right now. He like yeah. he went up against uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. the set and. <laughs> Stop you, you, like you don't like the set, huh? Okay, it's fine. I like games Herbert better. Uh, but, like, yeah, like, that's literally the defensive player of the year, and yeah. he wasn't even the best defensive player in the series. Yeah. We always AD. knew AD had this, right? No, and, it, it, and it's just like seeing this. Like, we yeah. saw some of this in the bubble, I think, right? Like, for during sure, the championship sure, run. Sure. And the worry is, like, every time AD has a great quarter, like, he, had a, he, he got off to a really hot start yesterday, I'm always worried that he's going to get injured the next quarter. No, and that's I, the only worry with him. Absolutely. But I, I think for him, like, you know, he's he's already providing that baseline yeah. for you defensively. Um, and so the, just the Lakers as a whole have just been very, very strong on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their physicality on the inside, um, that's going to be a clear advantage against the Warriors. But, mm-hmm. I mean, like when AD plays like this, like, yeah, LeBron, this is kind of how what he envisioned when he went to L.A., right? Yeah. Like, yes, I'm in the older part of my career. Yes, I'm going to essentially retire here. My whole family's here and everything. And I move into movies. But I want to actually still compete as well, and I want to team up with one of the best young guys, and that was AD at that time. Now, I think during the stretch, like, LeBron has clearly still been the number one guy, but throughout these playoffs, like, the, the Lakers' most valuable player has been AD, mm-hmm. um, especially based on what he does defensively. And I think that that's where the Warriors are going to, like, to what James said, like, you got to play a lot more pick and roll, bring AD out of the paint as much, because if you're talking about AD is going to be camping on the lane because he doesn't have to guard Kavon Looney, and also someone else is helping off of Draymond, which is probably going to be LeBron. So you're telling me that LeBron is waiting for, to, to block you weak side, which obviously he can still do at this mm-hmm. point. AD is your primary defender in terms of your primary help. Like, like you're just not going to score a lot in the paint against that kind of setup. No, this is not Sabonis and uh, Harrison Barnes. No, absolutely yeah. not. And I th- also think that, like, you know, even D'Angelo Russell, which I, we know he's going to be way up and down. Mm-hmm. But one of the luxuries, especially when AD is playing like this offensively, you play pick and roll with AD – the big is going to be glued to AD. There's going to be no help coming off that screen because they're so worried about what AD is going to do, if he's going to catch it, if he's going to attack off the dribble and all that kind of stuff. So Russell was just getting wide open, mid-range pick and pops, you know, even drives at the basket. It was very similar to when the Raptors played the, the Lakers, you know, towards the end of the season. They went on this road trip. And I thought, well, okay, well, this is a cool strategy. They put OG on AD, and they weren't helping off of AD at all. And the Lakers, after one quarter, was like, oh, if that's the case, then our guards are just going to feast. Because it's a two-on-one on every single screen. So I just think, yeah, the Lakers are really, really well built. And and they have contributions up and down the board. And and maybe it's not, not going to be the same guys every night. Mm-hmm. But they have depth of, uh, on their roster now where different guys are able to step up a little bit. So, um, yeah, it's impressive. And the fact that they shot 6 of 25 and 1, like, I mean... I, I, Love to see, I'd love to see that in Toronto. Just, just, because <laughs> we got, we, Yo, no we, we shoot six or 25, but we lose. So. No more rap, no more, no more Raptors. Sorry, it's, you're, it's you're banned for today. Um, no, I, I think that's the thing too, is like watching LeBron. And like you mentioned, they're able to just run so much offense with just like Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, you know, getting AD involved. There's so many plays where you see like, and LeBron's not slacking off, but like he doesn't have to be involved and he doesn't have to exert that energy and almost like look at him as just like an ultra role player right now. Like he's still able to make the great passes, get the rebounds and like chase down blocks and everything, man. Like if he was healthy, I think the Lakers would be the, the, the favorites right now. Like if you could tell me that LeBron could play at this other level right now. 
Well, I also wonder if if he were healthy, would he be playing exactly this way? Sure. Earlier in the yeah. season, sure. yeah. he was playing much more like the LeBron that we're used to, where mm-hmm. he is dictating what happens on every possession. You know, like pick, imagine the the normal like LeBron versus the Warriors series. He brings it down the court. You can picture him just pointing at Steph. All right, come here, or pointing at a big man. Come here. We're gonna run this pick and roll. I'm gonna orchestrate things from here. I'm gonna manipulate the defense. And he was doing that for a lot of the regular season. And then two things happened. One, the roster changed, and two, LeBron got hurt. And he came back and he's had a very different approach. Like he'll still do that on some possessions, but he's not like the de facto point guard for this team. A lot of the drives that he has, they're started where he catches the ball on the perimeter and has a head start. Like he's driving a closeout, like he is making plays off the ball. And this is something he's always had the capability of doing. I, I think, you know, look back at like the most efficient years of his career when he was in Miami next to Dwayne Wade. Like LeBron was the best off ball player. In the league and you know Dwayne Wade was also an incredible off-ball player playing off him and they would kind of figure out how to make each other better that way it took some time like the first year it was not like that but he like really understood um after losing that first year and going back and kind of evaluating what happened like how he could be a threat off the ball and now it's a very very different situation he's not so much deferring to you know the current like all-star level player in Dwayne Wade, a fellow superstar. He's deferring to the playmaker, the other playmakers that they just have. Like Austin Reeves does a lot for them off the dribble. So does D'Angelo Russell and LeBron. If he gets the ball um, and is able to attack a gap, that is a terrifying thing for the defense. Um, he probably needs to do a little bit more than that, honestly, than he even did in, in game one. He did a lot of just kind of hanging out on the perimeter. He did not shoot well mm. from three-point range. But I think if you're just looking at how the last few months have gone, I think he's been really good in that um, smaller role. But it is different. Like, it is an adjustment watching the Lakers now. He is not bullying people nearly as often. He's not beating guys off the dribble because I'm not sure that he can right now um, in, in the health, um, with the health that, that the situation that he's dealing with. Um, but a few months ago, like he, it was a lot more like normal LeBron and he was putting up normal LeBron numbers. It just, it just kind of looks different now, but I just, I I think the Lakers are playing well on both ends. It's just kind of up to the Warriors to like, you know, Lakers are playing defense kind of how like I play defense in 2k, just like really pack the paint, ignore anyone (laughs) who I don't think is a great three point shooter. And like, it's not just Draymond and Looney even like Jamichael Green is a decent three point shooter. They are completely ignoring him that's They're how you know that's how you know that's how you know second. it's a feel-out game man when i when you see jamichael green out there in the yeah, first half that's 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 a stinky box score <laughs> he made right a there. couple though it doesn't matter that's yeah. a feel-out game move man by steve kerr um yeah no this is gonna be crazy. i was thinking too man this is this the worst warriors team that lebron's gone up against in, in the playoffs because that 2015 oh, team oh, come on of course 2015 no. team obviously beat them the 2016 team that he beat was still a 73 and 9 team yeah and then of course the kd warriors like no of course this is the worst version so so I think this is gonna be you no, know, this is gonna this is gonna be great, man. Like even that game one, the intensity was just on another level. Man. Yeah. And, and oh, yeah. I think for the Warriors, like they they shouldn't panic too much. Um, you know, I, I think there are adjustments to be made. Like you know, we mentioned I think Steph needs to be playing pick and roll a lot more against AD to bring him out. Um I also think that the Warriors can zone even more than they did. I mean, the fact that like look, if the Lakers are gonna shoot six to twenty five from three, like it, it, like I'm thinking of like what would Nick Nurse do? You know, Nick would have zoned the Lakers in in the first quarter, mm. right? And maybe the Lakers figure out some counters to that as the game goes on, and maybe it's not as effective in the fourth quarter. But I thought Steve Kerr waited just way too long. I think in the fourth quarter you finally started seeing some zone, finally mm. started seeing some small ball. I mean, if the Warriors want to play small ball, I think that's more of a uh, temporary push, and it probably you got to see if Pool's on 
because essentially small ball is just getting pulled out there um, to to race. And if he's not, Could if he's Dante. gonna. I, I, yeah, Dante. I don't know. I haven't. I've not been impressed with the shot <laughs> yeah, making at all. That's, it, that's it, another feel out rotation play early uh, in the series. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, there is a small ball look to be to be made there. I, I do mm-hmm. think that this will be a longer series, but it's a really interesting uh, matchup thing, and and also for LeBron, like it's just impressive, man. This is how you play twenty years. Like you have to have so many different skills to fall back on. So that when one thing's not working, you go to the other thing. Like I think about like very different scenario, but like when AI like lost a step uh, athletically, mm-hmm. this guy was in China. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he bounced, yeah, yeah, he very short stints in like Memphis, like, you know, Detroit, that didn't yeah. work out. And he, yeah, no, I hear you. A lot of these players, like, once they get into their 30s, yeah. they well, can't adjust. I think about like Melo, yeah. he's yeah. now just courtside at the Knicks game, cheering on Jalen Brunson <laughs> hitting a three, <laughs> yeah. or like Dwayne Wade old, is oh, on man. the other side watching, you know, Heat culture. You Dwayne, know, Dwayne Wade at the Met Gala. Those yeah. are LeBron's contemporaries. Yeah. And they're gone. Yeah. There's because, no one left from his draft, right? Yeah, there can't be from uh, the old three. Well, UD still there. <laughs> was UD he was undrafted, I think. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, he swear, was, if UD was makes the finals in his final season here, <laughs> I need him to get on the court. I need to see UD and Tristan Thompson fight for a championship. That, that, that's, that's what I want to see. Might, that might be coming to pay per view. <laughs> Yo, James, hang tight. Uh, Will and I should do do a quick segment, and then we'll check in with you on the other on the other end. Okay. Um, so, Will, um, before we do the draft, coming back, thought we'd preview tonight's mm. Sixers Celtics game two. Um, this is between the lines brought to you by bet rivers. It's a whole new game. So Joel Embiid won the most valuable player yep. uh, yesterday. And during the celebration at the end, he turned to his team and said, I'm back. Oh, so like those he... old TTC posters. <laughs> yeah. That's so, what that was, by the way. Real ones know so what that means. He is on track per Shams of the athletic to yep. return tonight. Barring any setbacks. We know that the Sixers took game one from the Celtics. Celtics are minus eight, eight point favorites tonight to even the series who do you like yeah you know at this point i i feel like i'm just like i'm committed to just betting on the celtics. <laughs> committed to the bit <laughs> I, i'm just i'm committed to buying on the celtics even though the celtics have been disappointing yeah. even though the celtics have continued to play in regular season mode mm-hmm. throughout the playoffs which has been very frustrating to see um from you know just a competitive standpoint like i think they need to be elevating their level of play but i mean the level of urgency is going to have to be there i think defensively you know, with or without Embiid, the, the the Celtics have to show a lot more togetherness defensively. It's uh, they had like one or two good games defensively against the Hawks, and they just stopped playing defense in the f- five games since. Like they need to get back to that level. We know they are capable of it. Um, I don't really think the, the the Celtics have had too much issue scoring at all throughout the playoffs, but um, I'm 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 hoping that that sort of like sense of urgency kicks in after being down one nothing at home. Like you absolutely need to take this game. I think Kevin Pelton also said that uh, the home team, after going down 1-0, is uh, 14-0. and hmm. So I just think that, like, yeah, I mean, the intensity, focus, everything has to be there for the Celtics. And if they do that, I think they should win. All right. With or without MB. All right, well, with you. Um, I do think Boston is going to have a bounce-back game. And we should draft playoff cliches at some point because one of my favorites is it's not the first to one, it's the first to four. Yeah. yeah it's also <laughs> That's one of my the favorites. classic one is, uh, you know. <laughs> well, series doesn't start until yeah, a road team. That's the one. Oh, yeah, that one's uh, Another classic here in Toronto. Uh, it, it's it's about playing for pride. Oh, my God. <laughs> Approaching game four of a sweep. Sorry. Sorry. Or, or it's a make or Dwayne miss. K- that was a Dwayne Casey make classic. Make or miss league type. There's different ways to skin a cat, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shots to Dwayne, man. Oh, God. So we're taking Boston minus eight. That was between yeah. the lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. When we come back, James will rejoin us and we're going to draft our all-time favorite playoff series. Awesome. Okay, we're going to take that break. I've been your host, Willow. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.
Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers sportsbook award-winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, William Liu. We continue to be joined by James Herbert of CBS Sports and also producer and co-host Alex Wong. A quick programming note before we get to our draft. Uh, Our run on YouTube for this season will be finished on Friday, so RIP the chat. Uh, But we will continue to be live on air on Fan 590, airing on Sportsnet 360 and streaming on uh, Sportsnet Now. And so, of course, you can also find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Please keep us number one in basketball in Canada ahead of Dre Pod. I know he did a game one react pod at 3 a.m., like... Salute to you, Draymond. If Draymond says anything relevant, we will cover it here. Yeah. So we got a two for one if you just listen to the Raptors. From me to you, as someone else who's also done a React Pod at 3 a.m., those hit the hardest, man. Now you just got to find your aside and do a slander pod when you beat the Lakers. No, but shout, shout out to everybody on, on, on YouTube. I know there's a there's a dedicated kind of group of people there. Unfortunately, you guys kind of just say trade for Evan Bleed in another chat somewhere <laughs> <Just> else. <laughs> subscribe to the podcast. Keep listening to us, man. Shout out to Johnson uh, and everybody else. Yes, legit. In there. All right, James, you're back. I'm back. All right. Uh, James, you had a Dwayne Casey note that you wanted to pass on to Will? Well, I just, I think it, it's just a, it's not a correction or anything because I think oh. he did say skin the cat. He did. But mm. he also said there's different ways to skin the apple. Mm. And, and you were the one who asked him that? Wait, that hold on. What are the different the ways to skin an apple? You just do it. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> that one doesn't even make sense. I mean, Zach Lowe did bring this up with Dwayne Casey on a podcast and I think Dwayne said that he did that because he didn't want to offend anybody by talking about skinning a cat which Mm -hmm. I understand that's about catfish by the way for people unaware he's not actually like skinning pets like he's it's just for catfish (laughs) people understood that part right like (sighs) I I, I'm just saying what Dwayne said as far as his explanation to Zach Lowe and James was the one who asked him the question which got that response yeah this was like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> many wow. years ago and as he said it i i was kind of like wait did he really just say that like did he say apple or did he say cat and then i re-listened to it i was like yeah he definitely said apple so i, I quoted him accurately and apparently zach Lowe loved it so wow Shout there we go there we go all right no more cat talk what is this the big meow um on to the draft <laughs> uh, so like we mentioned <laughs> favorite all-time playoff series uh will Lou rule playoff series must be from 2001 and on each of us can only draft one series from a particular year. So, for example, if Will drafts the 2019 finals, he cannot pick from any other series in that 2019 playoffs. Mm. But James and I can. As usual, the guest goes first. We're going to try to go five rounds. If we banter too much, then we condense it to three. Guest goes first. James goes first. Will goes second. Low life producer Alex goes third. <laughs> James, <Okay>. you're up. <laughs> With the first pick, I would like to take the 2013 NBA Finals between the Heat and oh, the Spurs. Yeah. Mm, I'm sorry. That's fair. That's um, fair. So there were a couple of blowouts in this series, game two and three, but I don't think anybody cares about that. Like, we remember how that series ended. We remember um, how awesome game seven was, but game six is one of the best basketball games I think ever played, yep. one of the more dramatic ones in, mm-hmm. in Finals history. That's the one where I don't know if everybody – 
quite remembers this part. Like the Heat were down ten mm, and going right. into the fourth quarter. LeBron brought them back, and then yes, it was the Ray Allen shot in the corner, like one of the best shots in the history of the league. Um, that will just, I mean, that just immediately was an iconic moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole series, like it, the style of play, was really awesome. This was sort of, you know. It, it was pre-Warriors dominance, but the seeds of that were already planted. It was kind of an evolution of, like, how, you know, Mike D'Antoni's influence on the league, like, we were kind of seeing that um, in a couple of franchises that I think if you had the same group of players a few years earlier, like, they would have played quite differently. But the pace was there. Um, it was There were smaller lineups out there. And they were both playing really unselfishly, a lot of ball movement. Like the the Spurs obviously get the credit for like the beautiful game and their style of play and all that. But the Heat were like playing yeah. a pretty beautiful style of basketball as well. And that's what made them great. That's what differentiated them um, that year from previous iterations of them. And I just remember like being so locked into that series and the end of it was just, I, it was, you knew you were watching history as you were watching it. Yeah. Even game seven, I thought was, was so hotly contested. Oh, as well. credit to the Spurs for Tim bouncing Duncan, back, man. Tim Duncan missed that missed layup. That bunny? And then he oh, like man. smacked the floor. Oh man. I felt, I felt he missed, he missed the tip in too, right? Like it was, yeah. you had that, it was like over Battier. Yeah. And yeah. That's right. Comes that's right. in and tries to tip it in. And then man. you could just see the devastation that, on his yeah, face. And but even game, after that, LeBron had to hit a pull up jumper yes i was gonna to mention that spurs that's, away that's one yeah. of his biggest shots of his career and i think it's it doesn't come with like the theatrics because obviously the ray allen shot is the theatrics in that series but yeah. that that's arguably the biggest shot of his career and was that the game where chris bosh had zero points but played a great game um and i think like the I confetti fell on him or is that another i'm getting am i getting them mixed up mm. it was, it was like, either game six or game seven i think yeah. it was game seven where yeah he had zero points, he had that he incredible really game. Good defense he was rebounding and yeah. he grabbed yeah. the rebound that led to the ray allen shot too right that's yes, right and yeah. also mario yes, chalmers was open in the other corner <laughs> oh as, yeah mario chalmers, mario has chalmers told us recently <laughs> yeah. on a podcast from alaska that he's like hey i was open all right <laughs> yeah. and uh chris bosh was like i'm good. love it anyway, oh god that's all a right. great that's a great pick uh what the first pick of I guess this is what the second pick Mm. I'm taking. I mean, this is very obvious, but Warriors Cavs 2016 Mm. finals, seven games. Uh, Everyone knows what happened. Draymond got suspended. Finally, this guy was terrorizing the entire league, but finally LeBron stepped over him. Draymond hit him below the bell. We needed a podcast that series. You had Aisha Curry getting, you know, uh, uh, setting off the tweet about how the NBA is rigged because Steph Curry fouled out for the first time in his career. Mm. You like threw a mouth guard into the stands, which is super (laughs) nasty. You feel like that's against Wimis or whatever. Um, And then, yeah, LeBron and Kyrie scoring 40 each in those like, I think game five. Game five, yeah. Then you had obviously game seven. You had the block. You had the stop. You had the shot by Kyrie. Um, man, it's just you had so many moments uh, in that series. You had Draymond having the best game of his life. Yeah. He had like 35 yep. points. Yep. He was good at maybe B finals and MVP. Then, and then allegedly called KD in the parking lot after. Called KD in the parking lot. Like, yeah, this was in contention to be number one. So, yeah, I was actually, I was actually, oh, that was, yeah, that was yeah. the only other one I considered. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually there to cover the series. I remember after that game seven win in Oracle, I was in the Cavs locker room. Mm. And I'll never forget the trio of Timothy, Mozgov, Jamie Foxx, and Usher um, popping what? champagne. Because <laughs> yeah. I believe if you look it up, I think Usher is a part owner of the Cavs or was oh. at the time. It was, uh, oh, it was incredible. No, they need to hop on a track together, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, By the way, get well soon, Jamie Foxx. Yes, get well soon, Jamie Foxx. All right, I'm going to go with... The same year, I'm going to take 2016 Western Conference Finals, nice. Golden State ah. coming back from 3-1. 
against the OKC Thunder. I thought through the first four games, I believe OKC beat the Spurs in the previous series, and, and it seemed like they had really unlocked um, just, you know, that small lineup that they had with Steven Adams, like uh, Serge Ibaka. Like, it just seemed like they were going to take over the league, and finally yep. KD and Westbrook was going to get over the hump. You know, Warriors win game five, and then, of course, game six, the clay game with the 11 threes. Mm -hmm. That was the game where I think the Thunder just led throughout um, to be honest, I don't remember much about game seven, but that was, Stubble's that was an huge. incredible uh, back and forth series. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Um, the, the three, one comeback before the three, one comeback. Yeah, no, that yeah. was incredible. Um, all right, James, uh, round two. This is a defensive pick because I think Alex will take it. If I don't, mm. um, I'm going to take the 2002 Western conference finals between the Kings and the Lakers. It was just like this series kind of had everything like Phil Jackson in the media trolling Sacramento. The Kings are the one seed. The Lakers are Shaq and Kobe kind of juggernaut um, game four. the Kings lead by 20 after their first quarter. The Lakers come back. Robert Ory makes like one of the most heartbreaking shots um, in NBA history to give them a one point win. Uh, Mike Bibby has the game winner in game five. The Kings are up three, two. It seems mm. like they're going to do it. And then the controversy, the Tim uh, Donaghy game, games, baby. Yeah. yeah. Game six, real rough one in the fourth quarter. The Lakers take 27 free throws in the quarter. In a quarter. Um, yeah. We need a Twitter. Was there a hack a shack? Was there, was, was there a bit of hack a shack? Or, or no, <laughs> no, Donaghy was just managing the spread. He was between the lines <laughs> that day. Uh, oh, oh God. <laughs> Uh, and then game seven then don't forget also, overtime were, game seven overtime i was gonna say yeah you, yeah, you remember like a comeback yeah. in game seven i was rooting for the kings at the time so i hated it but mm -hmm. also i loved watching the series i think a lot of people have complicated feelings on this series but it is yeah. an unforgettable one. Oh, as a Shaq fan growing up there was no complicated feelings man that robert ori shot in game four was incredible man mm -hmm. um they they were about to be down 3-1 and then Vladi tapped the ball back and or hit that shot. I watch that. I watch it on YouTube all the time. That's that's actually I would say my favorite all time. Scott watching two forty P YouTube videos. <laughs> all right, all right. We gotta manage our time. Got Let's you, go, Will. You. Round two. All right. Look, listen, I have to secure this. All mm. right. I just have to secure this for my collection. Fanboy. Uh, Raptors beating the Warriors in in uh in, in twenty nineteen for the championship, the first mm -hmm. ever title in Canada. Um, obviously lots of storylines in that series, obviously Katie going down, um, clay going down, mm -hmm. but also just the, I think my over, overlasting thing with that one is just Kawhi obviously was so great through the first two series and he was great in the buck series. He was great in the warrior series, but like you needed the entire Raptors team to step up as a whole. Fred had his moments in game six. Pascal had what? 50, he was shot like 15 of 17 in game one for yeah. 32 points. That's, that's still the best game I've seen Pascal play Incredible. in game one. Right, the, the old Canada, you know, the the chills I had in Me, the building. Me, you, and Dan Wykey on Media Row. That's right, Dan Wykey mm. had no idea who we were. He was just <laughs> popping uh, uh, fruit gushers or whatever nonstop. Um, game six, when I was in Oracle and, and Chris mm. Haynes was sitting beside me, and he was like, yo, who should I pick for Finals MVP? And I was like, Fred. <laughs> You're like, me, Al. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's someone else. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, come on. I, ha I have to have this you for my QB collection. You Brown, man. No, I love it. All right. Um, yeah. Let's, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to try to take some of these call classics. I'm going to go with 2009 Celtics Bulls round one. Oh, this is the one. That's a sexy blogger pick. This but is you, the you one. So early though. No, I, I just want to collect my, my call pick classics. Next, so. Um, so no KG. They were defending champs. Yep. KG was hurt. Yep. Uh, no team won two games in a row in that whole series. Five of the seven games decided by a single basket. 
you know, games three and four. Games Game four went to double OT. Game five went to overtime. Game six was a triple overtime. Yo, that was ridiculous, man. So many highlights. Seven overtimes. Shouts to Ben games. Gordon. Shouts to Ben Gordon. Shouts to Joe Kim Noah. Like, there was just so many guys in that series. So, I'm going to go with that. All right, we got to manage our time. So, that's pretty good. Back like that pick. to James for round three. Oh, you threw me off with that one. That was my next pick. Um, I will take the 2018 Western Conference Finals between the Warriors and the Rockets. Mm, mm, um, 27 straight that, threes. 27 straight. It's funny to pick that one because, like, as I was watching it, it wasn't always the most exciting because it was, like, just so much matchup hunting and switching. Right. And sometimes it was, like, these teams that could be so exciting were getting kind of stagnant and it was getting kind of muddy. But, like, the level of competition was so extremely high. It seemed like... Um, the Warriors had an unbeatable team, but Houston built a team that was like specifically designed to combat what they did. Mm. And they came so close to pulling it off. Like they they could have done it um, even as it stood if they just made some more threes. But also Chris Paul was gone for that that game seven. Um, it was just like I think it told us kind of where the NBA was going and what playoff basketball was going to look like and it was like that was really the finals that year like that that was the best series easily um the warriors did not have a tough time in the finals after that one and you know it's just it's a, it's such a big what if moment in nba history to just wonder like not like like what if chris paul had played or just what if the rockets had made a few more threes like what mm. does the nba even look like today if that if that had actually um worked the way the Rockets were intending it to because they, they came so close. Is that also the series where um Daryl Morey published a uh, audit? audit? Yeah. I, I, believe, after the fact? The, I believe my former employer Ernst <laughs> Young is still combing through the data. They're still looking at Eric oh, Gordon's what a loser, uh, man. <laughs> on, on Eric Gordon's shot chart today. Yeah, nothing's more oh my god. This guy said not the last two minutes report, the last two series report. This guy put oh, he's like uh upon my calculations, uh we, we should have shot twenty five more free throws oh, and man, made twenty three of them and, and won the game. They're like, if we played game seven at the Sloan Conference. Um, so, all right, Will, uh, what's, your, what's your round three pick? Okay, round three. Um, I, I feel like I'm maybe going off the board just a little bit here. Because the first one I'm picking that doesn't involve a finals. But I need Cavs-Pistons 2007. Mm. So, that was finally the Pistons. Oh, yeah. Like, they had won the East, like, every single year for so long. Um, that was the year they finally got knocked off by LeBron, who would then go on to own the Eastern Conference for, like, the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, no, LeBron. And obviously, that that I'm picking this exclusively because of that LeBron performance, where he scored 25 straight points. Yeah, 48 special, right? Yeah, forced it to overtime. Yeah. He ended up, I think, scoring 29 the last 30 points. But like, mm -hmm. he had to because the rest of the starting five was Sasha Pavlovich, Zajuna Sagowskis, and with his best years behind him at that point, mm. Larry Hughes and Drew Gooden. Yeah. And coming off the bench was like, you know. Eric Snow. And you gotta like, respect. You gotta respect Booby Gibson. The Booby next game. Gibson, Damon Stoudemire. Not Damon Stoudemire. I wish it was Damon Stoudemire. I've been reading too much prehistoric. Um, <laughs> no, Damon Jones. And it's like, yeah, no, that 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 is still to me like that is still the most impressive thing I've seen LeBron. No, do. that that was unreal, especially against that defense, man. You guys remember yep. how good the Pistons defense was? No, so. that was that was unreal. All that. right, I'm gonna take. I believe that's the same year. I'm gonna take 2007 um, Mavs Warriors round one. Um, that was a We Believe Classic. Warriors going up against uh, MVP, Dirk. Um, and that was 67 just 67 wins that year. 67 wins. Shouts to Avery Johnson. And um, the squeaky voice. Yeah. And that was Don Nelson's revenge. Just just that We Believe Warriors team. I know they lost to the Jazz in the next round. But, you know, Baron Davis, Jason Richardson, Steven Jackson. Just that was such a memorable series. The 1-8 upset. I'm going to go with that. All right. On to round four. James, what's your round four pick? 
Well, with you picking that one, there's only one series I can pick, which is Dirk's Revenge, the 2011 Finals, Mavericks mm. Heat. Um, everybody in the world, myself included, picked the Heat to win that series. Um, I had picked the Mavericks to lose. I think every round in the playoffs going before oh, that. Yeah, that's too. Right. Like this was this was not like an obvious championship team throughout the season. They finished the regular season really strong, um, but they just kind of came together and Dirk was on another level, just hitting these insane contested shots, but mm. it wasn't just him. Like their, their defensive game plan, like shout out to Dwayne Casey. That's why he got hired in Toronto right after um, was like fantastic. Like they were mixing in zones. They were using zone principles as well. They were trying to turn LeBron into a jump shooter and jam up that heat offense, which at that time, like they were still playing these traditional centers. Right. They hadn't figured out how LeBron and Wade could play together and all this stuff. But you had all these moments with like Jason Terry going off and like Deshaun Stevenson becoming like a national story. And like mm. you get all these veterans like Sean Marion and Tyson Chandler and Peja and these guys finally getting a ring in addition to Dirk kind of slaying the dragon. Um and it was it was just a phenomenal series um, to watch. I can still picture like in my head, like JJ Barea guarding LeBron one on one, and with, like help yeah. waiting in the backside, and LeBron kind of like, what do I do with this little guy? Um, not the high point of LeBron's career, definitely the high point of Dirk's career, and yeah. just like a really fascinating series to watch, and one that like as it was happening, it was like hard for me to believe that it was happening. Yeah, no, that that Mavs series, I, I'm, I'm really happy you mentioned it because their path to the title was was wild. There was a game where like Paige Stockovich had to come off the bench and like mm -hmm. knock down a whole bunch of shots. They that, swept the Lakers. I, I think that was the season Paige was briefly a Toronto Raptor as well. Yeah, they swept he the was. Lakers. He was here they for like two games. They ended Phil Jackson's run there. Yeah, they beat OKC in the conference finals no that was an incredible blazer run. series real difficult for them yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot too. that happened that yeah. was an all-time yeah. run by dirk man all right will what's your round four pick okay so i had a really difficult time deciding between celtics lakers in the finals in 2010 where that was a closer series it was four three um that was the ron artest you know hitting the shot and mm -hmm. saying like i oh, was talking to his shout out his therapist mm. you know what i mean um to saying kobe passed me the ball kobe passed me the ball that was also Kobe shooting 6 mm -hmm. of 24 in that finals as well. But I, I think I have to have 2008 instead with the Lakers uh, actually losing to the Celtics in six games mm. because of the fact that obviously you have KG screaming anything is possible, which is just a, an all-time Adidas ad, even though he screwed up the, the tagline. Uh, and also the other part is I need I need Paul Pierce in the wheelchair moment, man. Oh, yeah. That's, I, was, I, I forgot about one. that one. Third quarter, Kobe drives scores on him. Uh, like Paul Pierce falls over. He's just rolling around for a long time. Leon Poe. Well, I suppose oh, he should be Leon about Poo that in guy. this case. Picks oh my him God. up and carries him to the locker room where he's then put on a, a wheelchair. <laughs> and then he comes back like five minutes later and then he hits all these shots. So I, I need that moment from Paul Pierce, man. I'm sorry. No, that was a, that was an incredible one. All right. My round four pick, another call class. I'm going to go with Lakers Suns 2006 first round. Oh, yeah. This was Kobe nice. carrying, uh, you know, the, the Lamar Odom Kwame Brown team to a 3-1 lead. Had a chance to wrap it up in game six. Kobe scored 50. I remember Tim Thomas, I think, was the one that hit a huge three mm, at the end. Tim Thomas. And then this was uh, Phoenix. He was at the game last night at MSG. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it hasn't been a Nick. Um, they have everybody. Saw Marcus Camby there, too. Um, oh, wow. Phoenix ended up winning game seven by 31, and that was the game where Kobe famously uh, just passed the ball every time. Um, so I'm going to go with that one. All right, we got... Three minutes left. Let's do a rapid fire round five. James, what's your rapid fire pick? I wanted that Celtics Bulls first.
first round series didn't get it. My blog boy pick will be a 2015 first round Clippers Aww. versus Clippers. That was my pick. Game winner. Yeah. In round one. Mm. CP3 game winner. Insane game winner. Danny Green guarding him. Shoots it. He ends up shooting this like weird runner off the glass over Tim Duncan for the series. Mm-hmm. If anybody says Chris Paul like doesn't come up clutch or something, please show them that yeah. clip. Uh, the Spurs were the defending champs at the time. At the time, pretty much every game was awesome, and it was just it was an amazing first round series. Yeah, love yeah. that one. All right, what about you, Will? That's fair. I mean, I, I suppose I have the other pick, so I could just take Celtics Lakers twenty ten the rematch. Okay, okay. Shouts Ron Artest shouting on his therapist. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Mental health is very Shouts important. Shouts to our therapist. <laughs> to our therapist. <laughs> Follow that one on the banter pod, oh, not on the yeah. two to three p.m. The best press conference in finals history. This Legend, was man. this was an all time. Yeah. best uh, press conference. Let me see if I can add another call classic. You know, I'm going to go with Raptors Sixers 2001 round nice. two. Nice. Vince and AI, you know, trading 50-point games. You know, that was just a huge memory of mine growing up. And then, of course, Vince's graduation and missing the game winner. And this is, I know, Will, you revisited this series during the pandemic when you were desperate for content. Yeah, I was, and I was you, very and desperate. And you learned about uh, Jumaine Jones. Yo, you know? Jumaine Jones was awesome <laughs> in this game, man. Still don't like to hear his name in the city. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. Oh, man. All right, that was great, man. We should have just done it by round. We could have split this up into like four drafts, man. Mm. Anyways, James, appreciate you. Um, we'll be uh, calling upon you again soon. Always love drafting with you guys. There we go. Appreciate you, Games Herbert. <laughs> you're, you're really digging this Games Herbert. <laughs> yeah, I'm really digging it. Right, we're right. in a nicknamed draft. No, wow. Just For the quick... first time, we drafted, and yeah. we still had a minute left. Well, we're going to quickly recap that draft. So mm. uh, for James Herbert's team, he has Heat Spurs 2013, mm. Lakers Kings 2002, Warriors Rockets 2018, Heat Mavericks 2011, and Clippers Suns. That's uh, the Clippers Spurs. Sorry, 2015. Mm. I have Warriors Cavs 2016, Raptors Warriors 2019, Cavs Pistons 2007, Celtics Lakers 2008, and then Celtics Lakers 2010. You have Warriors OKC 2016, Celtics Bulls 2009, Mavs Warriors 2007, Lakers Suns 2006, and Raptors Sixers 2001. Oddly enough, you don't have a single finals. No, catch all my picks series. at the Pacific Mall bootleg DVD bin, man. Yeah, this, uh, but that's but you know <laughs> call what? classics only, man. We've had some great playoffs, but this year, I, honestly, I was very close to taking Kings Warriors. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you gotta take the one that just happened. Yeah, well, that was my surprise. <laughs> like, if you guys you? took all my picks, I was gonna use that you one. You know what? If we went to like round eleven, I would have taken Nuggets Wolves yeah, from no, round one. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> anyway, that does it for us today. I've been your host Willow, and you've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Thanks once again to James Herbert, producer and co-host Alex Wong, our board producer Dare Bandale, and Jennifer Olin for helping the YouTube. Stream. Leafs, gotta win game two.